Welcome to Nefarious New York. I'm Allison. And I'm Meredith. So we're sitting on quarantine still, and your husband is home. I don't know if we mentioned that in last week's. We must have. We did, and we video chatted with you. That was fun. I know. I was so how most guy got like a little teary-eyed. Aww. Yeah. I'm so happy to see him. He's hanging in there. He's got good days and bad days, though. It's really weird. There's a special day that this episode is dropping. Uh, your our birthday? Our come out on Friday. Yeah, That's our episodes right. come out on Friday. Hello. So technically, today is your it's birthday. It's my birthday. And right. your sister Dana's. Oh, my God. You right. old bitch. And Tara Tully's. And Tara Tully's, too? Yeah, we Shout shared out. a birthday. She always got everybody to go to her party. <laughs> That I was never invited to. Thanks, Tara. <laughs> oh, the joys of being young yeah, and unpopular. Me up for my for my crayon box. That was somebody else. Or she could have stolen your gem doll. Oh wait, no, nope, that, was that was somebody, somebody else. else too. <laughs> I was just a target. Target for fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's it. We're going to just get right into it, I guess, unless you have something else to add. No, I think we can get right into it. So Meredith's going to start us off here. All right. Okay. So in 1980, a friend introduced Kathleen and Ralph. They were married within a few years. And in 1985, they bought the family home on Bobo Links Lane in Fort Salonga for $295,000 which mm-hmm. uh, back then was a decent amount of money. Of money. So Ralph went to Pace University for his undergrad and St. John's School of Law. He was a successful tax and pension attorney. He liked sailing and had his own boat, Scalloway. Kathleen was from Georgia, where she was a majorette and the homecoming queen. Uh, I see something coming uh. here. <laughs> Those creepy homecoming queens. She was also described as quiet and basically kept to herself, a reserved but kind member of the community and church. They had two sons and a daughter, and the family would spend a month in Tuscany, Italy every summer, which is, I'm sure, beautiful. And in in 2009, their son, Matthew, a Princeton graduate, was 22 years old. Their daughter, Melissa, was a student at Manhattanville College, and she was 19. And Christopher, a senior at a prep school, I guess it's Chaminade? Chaminade, yeah. Was 17 years old. So the kids are, speaking, they're relatively young. They're, they're, they're grown, but they're still young. In late 2009, the Prisco family, so that's Kathleen, Ralph, and the kids, mm-hmm. their life started to change. Kathleen started to get paranoid and like this happened gradually. So she believed that she was being followed, that her phone and computer were tapped. She truly believed that Ralph was trying to get rid of her and he was just going to replace her with another woman, which I feel like that's not such a crazy thing for midlife well, wife to think. Yeah, I guess that's my question. She's not a young woman anymore. I don't know how how old they were when they got married. You know, was she in her 40s? Does she have a history of mental illness? I don't know. Or is she just a paranoid type you know, person? A midlife crisis woman. Well, she 
started to tell everyone that she thought Ralph was trying to kill her to get rid of her. And she just kept going on about being followed and being, you know, all of people listening in on her conversation. So she was kind of, there were some red flags going on, but I think this is a tricky area. It's not like she's saying he's having an affair or he's going to leave me for a younger woman or she's saying he's going to kill me. He's going to, right. So I think probably people that knew them, you know, people don't want to get involved in something like that. Like, even if she seems like she's going off the rails. No, can you imagine? People don't want to interfere. Picture this, be me coming to you and saying, Allison, I think Glenn is going to kill me. Mm, I go kick his ass. (laughs) I know, but that's like a, that's a major thing to tell somebody. That's a we yes, that's yeah. But in, I, unless I, don't know, I guess unless there's some validity to it, which let's see. Bottom line is she was able to hide the most severe symptoms because Families and family and friends just thought she was acting weird, a little off, but nothing major. But like we were talking about, I think she was showing some signs of a mental illness. And that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. I mean, absolutely. Yes. I mean, yeah, most people would be more likely to tell you that there's some physical ailment, obvious, rather than discussing something mental, some mental deterioration. Right. If, but the other thing, too, is if I came to you and I said that, or you came to me and said that, I probably would get your shrink on the phone. <laughs> well, the, but that's because we are well aware and have that. Okay. Some people are not that in touch with their mental health. Right. Well, where does this go? So what happens? On October 29th, 2009, Ralph Prisco, the father, and his three grown children went to Game 2 of the World Series at Yankee Stadium. They came home and all went to bed. And on October 30th, 2009, their 22-year-old son, Matthew, woke up around 8.30 in the morning to his father, Ralph, screaming. Hmm. Now, Ralph at this point is 54 years old. So you get woken up by, you know, a parent screaming, and I'm sure they're pretty bad screams. You know, it takes a minute for you to freaking figure out what's going on. But anyway, by the time he comes down, he finds his father lying in a pool of blood in the entranceway of the family home. And he's been attacked somehow. You know, he's bleeding blood all over the place. Oh, God. So Matthew runs and calls the police and... The police arrive, the ambulance arrives, and they airlift Ralph to Stony Brook Medical Center. Now, unfortunately, he was pronounced dead at 9.31 a.m. So pretty, Mm. like, within an hour, this all happens. Now, where's Kathleen? So when the police went through the house, they found Kathleen, and at this point, she's 48 years old. So they found her covered in blood in the master bedroom. I'm sure they've now... You know, assessed her and see that there's nothing, no wounds on her. So she's covered in, let's go with Ralph's blood, and she's in the master bedroom. Ugh, that's like insane. 
the press originally reported it as a domestic dispute. Then they reported that she was taking some over-the-counter drugs that made her do this. Do we know that to be true? I don't know. So Kathleen ends up being charged with second-degree murder. During her police interrogation, she quickly admitted to stabbing Ralph. So that's why they were able to charge her so quickly. God. She stabbed him with a knife from the kitchen. And the autopsy revealed that it was more than a dozen times. Mm. And her explanation was, and this is a quote, he was going to frame me. Frame me for what? I, I don't know. She said, and quote, I am sorry, I didn't mean to hurt my husband. He was going to frame me. I figured I might as well do something. There was a knife by my bed. So she was placed in jail under suicide watch. I have a problem with the knife by my bed. I don't keep a knife by my bed. Do you? No, but if I'm paranoid that someone's going to kill me, I might. Yeah, but my ass ain't sleeping. If if my husband's paranoid, oh, I'm sorry, are following me and shit, he, and he's keeping a knife next to his bed, my ass is sleeping uh, on the couch. I'm sorry, I thought you were saying like on on like from her point of view. No, if Glenn had a nut, but the thing is, and what what is not clear here is, is she voicing her concerns to him? Like, is he aware that she has been saying Ralph is going to kill me? Because then. If if I'm him, right, it, and I'm aware that she thinks I'm going to kill her, no, I'd be like, uh, take the knife away from the bed. <laughs> yeah, I think either way, if if my husband was exhibiting signs of some sort of paranoia, mm -hmm. if I'm half aware of my life, yeah. I'm going to notice something's off. And once I see a giant knife next to the bed, I'm going to potentially yeah well start snuggling up with um one of my kids or something so in your research you had also found that the family was supposed to be spending that night at a, a charity ball and ralph had bought a table of 10 for guests so this is a far yes, cry so he from, had organized it right so this is a far cry from where the family was supposed to be spending the night right so people started to wonder what happened and kind of look into it in that circle of the charity ball. Right. So that's right. kind of how the story started to get out. So during the grand jury hearing in early November, so it's like, you know, very soon because this happened at the end of October, uh, we find that Kathleen waved to her daughter through tears and the judge ordered a psych evaluation. So by November 10th, Kathleen was removed from jail and sent to our favorite place, mm -hmm. Pilgrim State Psychiatric Center, for a court-ordered mental evaluation. And her attorney thought a hormone imbalance or taking birth control could have affected her behavior, which is possible. Uh, yeah, but I don't know about the hormone imbalance I, or I, birth listen, control pills I, uh, causing you to murder your husband. As know. we are going to delve into... A lot of these other things where, you know, parents are murdering their children. And I think that a chemical imbalance is not a far-fetched idea. Something in her body had to change. 
Mm-hmm. If she's a normal person. I know this seems like late for someone to go through something like this. I mean, I don't know the research and stuff on it, but... If you're looking at things like schizophrenia and things like that, that usually happens in like in your 20s. Yeah, I feel like, like that. your mid-40s is late for an onset of any psychiatric condition that's this extreme. Unless she had gone through things and just kept them quiet Mm -hmm. like she was more of a silent sufferer of mental illness so I don't know but I agree with you and so something has to set that off I mean do I think that every person who has a chemical imbalance can you know has the capacity to murder someone no but geez I hope not (laughs) I know So Kathleen pled not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect. And I know we've mentioned this like a a lot of times on Mm -hmm. our episodes, but, you know, not everybody listens to every single episode. So I'm just going to go through it real quick. Okay. She either did not understand the nature and consequences of her actions, or she didn't understand that her actions were wrong. So her plea was accepted just two days before the anniversary of Ralph's death. And these are hard pleas to have accepted. The doctor said she stabbed her husband while in a dissociatively dreamlike state or a haze of delusional paranoia. And if she is considered still dangerous, she will be held in a state hospital and continuously evaluated pretty much every six months. But once she is found not dangerous, she could just be released. After I, I I would hope I'm not a thousand percent sure, but once she is released, there's got to be some probationary. She's got to get evaluated every so often to make sure she doesn't like go off the rails again. Yeah, well, it's kind um, of a catch twenty two because in one way to try to get your sentence lighter or to try to get released, you kind of have to say, "All right, I was cuckoo for cocoa puffs," right? But then then you're kind of affecting your outcome because then you're basically saying you're always dangerous. But is this more of a temporary type of insanity? Uh, You know, uh, is she capable of it again, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, At the hearing regarding having her committed to a psychiatric hospital in December 2009, Matthew, the oldest son, said, quote, both my mother and my father had always been the most kind-hearted and kind-spirited individuals you could ever want to meet. It is heartrending beyond words that a lurking mental illness could present such an obstacle to an otherwise blissful family life, and furthermore, that it could manifest itself so tragically. And that's, that's the horrible part, right? I mean, he said it, he said it so eloquently and beautiful, but also... Like, this is his mom, who he loves, who did this to his father that he loves, right? Right. I think it's very mature because all three of them seem to understand that she did not do this, that she's sick. Right. I think that's awesome that they understand that. I, I, I would think that, yeah, I mean, you have to go one way or the other, right? You have to either loathe her and despise her or you have to go the other route and say she she was sick so 
this case is tragic and horrible, but the interesting part or where it goes kind of into like cuckoo land for me is that some people claim that Kathleen was a victim of organized stalking. Which I have a very hard time understanding the concept of organized stalking. So organized stalking, by definition, is a form of terrorism used against an individual in a malicious attempt to reduce their quality of life so that they will have a nervous breakdown, become incarcerated, institutionalized, experience constant mental, emotional, or physical pain, become homeless, or, or you know, and or commit suicide. So basically to ruin your life and to make you go crazy. So right. this is accomplished by using well-orchestrated accusations, lies, rumors, bogus investigations, setups, framings, intimidation, humiliation, emotional terror, and general harassment, right? So it's, it's carried out by an enthusiastic and structured group that has cruel intentions to m- mentally cripple a human being. So what I don't understand is, so to these, do these people really exist? And oh, I don't know. I, I, oh. When I was in contact with someone that I, that thought they were a victim of organized stalking, they really, really, really believed it. Spoke to me like nothing out of the ordinary, you know, hi, blah, blah, blah. Tell me about yourself. Da, da, da. I gave her the whole spiel about my life, blah, blah. She gave me the spiel about hers and then just went off on this, you know. Also, there's cameras in the vents of my car. And I was like, wait, what? And uh, the home is monitored and the cameras in the computer are watching her and Anytime she's on the highway, there are SUVs flanking her car. Um, Yeah, so she really a thousand percent believed it. But at one point, and this is probably like the lowest point, she was in the car with her husband and she was freaking out about it. And he drove directly to the police department where they inspected the car, found no cameras, no nothing. And she ended up, you know, needing to get some help. How how many movies do you see w- with this kind of premise? There are a lot of people, so a lot of times people think that, you know, government is behind a lot of these, right? So mm-hmm. like these conspiracy theories and things like that. So I think that the danger is that the internet and all the access to that gives people who believe this is happening to them a forum to gain other people who believe it's happening to them to make it validated and right. then it kind of gains some momentum and people feel that there's more truth to it. Right. And, you know, it kind of takes on a life of its own where it ends up being an actual thing. And I did not think that this was an actual problem. I did find one article that was specifically about this case mm-hmm. and they said... There are, in fact, millions of people in the United States alone who are subjected to such outrageous invasions of their inherent rights as American citizens on a daily basis. 
and millions more in other countries who are reporting the same crimes. And this is where it gets, you know, there, these crimes, the stalking is committed by federal agencies like the FBI, NSA, CIA, and DHS, as well as local law enforcement. So wait a minute. So these are, in fact, millions of people where it is true? No, no, they believe, like, there are, that's what I'm saying, like, the internet has created millions of people think this is happening to them. Wow. Where they probably, and I'm not going to go and be judgy, but they probably just have a mental illness, and not just. They have a pretty severe mental illness that needs to be addressed, but you could look at it on the flip side. These people are so good at this that they just disappear when they get what they want, which is you dead in jail in an institution Mm -hmm. for what reason i don't know because you're just an average person but just for the fun of it i guess right well it's it's a a version of paranoia that is extremely heightened i would think i mean it's like a i don't know if it would be categorized as like a paranoid schizophrenic probably a little bit different but these people are definitely paranoid yeah and what a horrible way to go about your life. Yeah, and what because, a scary thing that it could just switch in your brain and it could be happening. Right. Because in many other instances, and as you mentioned before, when you're talking to these people, they seem completely coherent and normal. So where is Kathleen now? I, As far as I could find, she's still in a psychiatric hospital. So she hasn't been released, but her children are hopeful that, you know, with proper treatment and medication that she will be released. Right. I don't, what, would you feel safe around her? I don't, I don't think I would. I only would if uh, there was enough time put in of therapy and she could look back on it and reflect on it in a way that satisfied me. Well, so in terms of the kids, right? Because where does this leave the kids? H- how do you how do you right. deal with this? And we had said before that her children w- reacted very, kind of very sympathetic and and lovingly. And so four years after their father's murder and their mother's arrest, so around 2013, their two sons, Matthew and Christopher, and their friend Brian Gallagher, went on a three month road trip to music festivals and national landmarks from Nashville to New Jersey to raise awareness and start a discussion about getting rid of the stigma that goes along with mental illness, which I think is really nice. They called themselves the Blinking Cowboys because of their outfits. They wore sequence-studded cowboy hats with blinking lights and decorated neon green shirts with mental illness sayings like country stomps out stigma. So I think in in that way, what do you want to do, right? You want to help other people that could be in a situation like you, and raising awareness is a great way to do that. Um, It also looks like they held on to the family home until 2018 when it was sold for $900,000. That's just kind of a... Right. I don't know. I I don't know that I'd want to hang on to the home, but... That's the case. Next week, I have one that I was working on, but unfortunately, I was sick this week. All right, so we'll be back next week. I want to thank Chris, who has been super understanding about the fact that I'm not going to risk my life to send him um, a hat. And where did he get that? How do we get merch? 
We go to our website, mm-hmm. nefariousny.com. And I'm sort of joking. I will definitely ship it to you. The reason that I'm stalling on his is because I've known him forever. And I will risk my life for a stranger, though. So if you buy something, <laughs> I will ship it to you. Don't worry. Um, and Somebody else's a- age, I know. Mm, not me. Mm, close to it. You're going to be 45. What the fuck are you talking? You're going to be 45. Close to 40. Damn, bitch, you're crazy. <laughs> We're still closer 48. to 40. <laughs> okay. Dang, GD, you just made me 48. Mm-hmm. Shit. Oh, I'm God. not even 45 yet. Crap. Originally reported it as a domestic dispute. Then a domestic dispute or a domestic? A domestic dispute. Thank. Could you just do that again? Because you said sure. a domestic. Well, that's because of social isolation. <laughs> we've now lost our minds what are you laughing what's isolation <laughs> oh social isolation see what i mean <laughs> she was all professional that's because of social isolation you know what's weird when i said it it sounded too long <laughs> <laughs> fuck off <laughs>